It's great to be able to speak with you guys this morning. Um, we are uh, wrapping up our series uh, this month on being chosen. All right. uh, you know, we've heard some great messages uh, so far this month. Um, and I think one of the, the themes that we've heard uh, through all of them is that part of being chosen is this is a journey, right? It's just, it's not a one-time thing. Right. You know, Brandall talked about repair, renounce, and remaining in, in Jesus. Um, Alex talked about God's choosing is very intentional. And that um, he's not put off by our sin, but he chooses us despite of our sin. And Gary last week talked about um, how God allows us to make decisions, and that's part of who he is and his character. Uh, that God offers hope and patience um, as we work through that journey of being chosen. Um, that, that we're chosen by God, who will always run to us. Um, and that being chosen means we are forgiven. So let's go ahead and pray. And uh, I've got a few thoughts this morning I'll share with you as well. Let's pray. Good morning, Father. It is great to come together and to be able to spend this time uh, as a family. God, I pray uh, this morning that uh, everything that we do, uh, that you do feel honored and that you do feel uh, our love for you. And I pray at this time, God, that... uh, Whatever comes out of my mouth, God, that this is uh, what you want people to hear and that um, it speaks to their hearts and where they are at today. God, we thank you so much for your mercy, for your forgiveness, and we just lift up uh, this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think what's also been very powerful about this series is is we've got to see different perspectives, right? Different uh, journeys, different starting points for different people and what that means to be chosen. Um, and part of that is, is in that journey is understanding, recognizing, and then accepting what that actually means for them, right? Um, some of us come from different walks of life when, when we're, we feel that, right? It's maybe we have no experience with God. Maybe we've never read the Bible. Or maybe we come from some other religious background or some other spiritual thing. And... But what's great is being chosen is what brings us together, and it's something that we can all be unified under, right? right. So I'm going to share a little bit about my life and what that means. Um, for me, um, I grew up in church. Um, before the church was here, was planted in 1991. We actually traveled to Kansas City for a little over two years, a few times a month, going to the church there. And even before that, I was, we were part of a church here in town. I spent my entire life surrounded by the Bible. And uh, that definitely obviously shaped, you know, how I viewed things and, and how I interacted with people. Um, and I had friends at school. I had friends, you know, in, in the neighborhoods where we grew up. But honestly, my deepest and closest friends were people in the church. That's where I spent my time. That's where my relationships were. And so well, what does that mean then to be chosen if you're the good church kid. Like, what, I mean, I've been around this. What does that mean to be chosen then if I'm immersed in this already, right? You know, when I was, when I was in high school, you know, my friends were out doing stuff and drinking and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and I was at Teen Devos. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was a part of that. And, and if, if you've been here for a while and if you've ever heard me talk, you know that I, um, I'm a recovering... Um, uh, unrelenting standards, control freak, right? I, I, I struggle with, with letting, you know, with, with trying to maintain control, whatever that means. And um, 
So the idea of going out with my friends and getting drunk, I'm like, I don't want that. Nothing about that sounds appealing to me at all. I don't want to do that. I have no desire to do that. And I, so I, I and again, I, I spent my time in the church, and that's what you know defined who I was. Um, you know, my my freshman year, we had our first uh, Heartland. Actually, nope, sorry, Great South. <laughs> Uh, teen camp, and it was at Camp Petty John, and I was a freshman, or going into my freshman year, and after camp, I decided, you know, I want to study the Bible. I want to go ahead and do that. Uh, what's a little ironic about that, though, is I had actually, again, grown up in church, and I remember being a part of midweeks where we had gone through the study series. I wasn't a disciple. I already knew the study series, though. So I'm going to go study the Bible, knowing the right answers, knowing the scriptures we're going to read, and the points you're going to make in the scriptures. Now, I'm saying this not as a knock against the people that studied with me or anything like that. That's just the foundation of where I came from, is that I knew this stuff. And so studying with a teenager, especially a young teenager, was not super common. There were some, but that wasn't uh, a common thing. And so for me, when, it, when I started studying the Bible, what I saw was, hey, becoming a disciple means I get to escape sin. I get to become a disciple? And all those things that other people talk about, I'm not going to have to deal with because I'm going to start young, and I'm not going to have to endure that stuff. It was a way for me, in my immaturity, <laughs> to think, hey, being a disciple is a way that I get to not, I don't have to deal with sin like everybody else is going, has done, right? Uh, yeah, yes. And so again, so what does it mean, though, to be chosen then? If, if this is the life that I'm, this is my foundation in life, what does it mean then to be chosen by God if I'm already here? And I'm already doing some of the stuff that decide, I'm reading my Bible somewhat inconsistently, but I'm, I'm doing some of the things that we ask people to do when they're becoming a disciple, and I've been doing that the majority of my life. Well, I'm going to try to answer that today in a couple ways. Um, the first being, um, being chosen, actually we're going to talk about what it is not. It does not mean you're being taken out of the world, okay? Um, go to the next slide. You guys know this movie, right? Toy Story? <laughs> right? The magical claw that destines you and you're chosen to have this great life as a toy, um, that's not what being chosen means in God's kingdom. You're not plucked out of the world and getting to live some magical, sin-free life, as much as we will all like that. Um, I'm going to take a moment. I want to talk to the young folk over here. Uh, the rest of you guys can listen in. That's fine. <laughs> right, so to those of you who've chosen to become a disciple, those of you who are studying the Bible, uh, or even thinking about studying the Bible, I get it. I've been there. I understand the weight that you feel. I understand the pressure that you feel. I understand the loneliness you're going to feel. I understand the pain that you feel. These other adults, they were like really old when they became disciples, right? They don't get it. But I, I get it. I understand, and I, and I hear you, and it's, it is difficult. And I, I want to say I'm proud of you for making that decision or when you choose to make that decision. That is an, an impressive thing. It shows a depth of character and a love for God's truth 
Um, and that is something that absolutely needs to be lifted up. And I hear you. Now, I wasn't part of your guys' studies. Um, if someone actually told you what I'm about to tell you, kudos to them. Because um, uh, I wish someone had clearly defined this for me or at least helped me understand this in a better way. You are going to sin more in the next few years, hopefully next 60, 70 years, than you will ever have sinned prior to becoming a disciple. You, you are going to go through some things that are going to be very painful. You are going to cross lines. You said, I will never do that because I'm a disciple. And I will never do that. There's no way because I'm a disciple. You will find yourself there because I did. You are going to have a crisis of faith at least once, probably multiple times. You're going to find yourself in a spot where you say, I, I'm a disciple. I don't understand why is this happening. Why am I here? And you're going to have to dig out of it. Or you're going to quit. Frankly, those are your options. I chose to dig out of it with a lot of amazing people to help me in each of those times in my life where I, was, where I found myself. But that's, that's the reality of what it means to become a disciple, especially when you're young. And it, it is an amazing thing. But make no mistake, it is going to be difficult. It is hard. Okay? But in those times, please store this away in your heart. And keep this for when things get tough. You are not defined by the sin you commit. You are not defined by the mistakes you make. You are not defined by the failures that you're going to have in your life. And you are not defined by the pain in the relationships you're going to have over the course of your life. That is not who you are. Who you are is a child of God. That is your identity. When you get baptized, you are taking on an identity of, I am a child of God. Because what's going to happen, because this happened to me on a few occasions, is, is you're going to be in a situation you never thought you are going to be in, and that voice is going to be deafening in your head. See, I told you you couldn't do it. You were way too young. You didn't know the decision you were making. How can you call yourself a disciple? Disciples don't do this. They don't think this way. They don't behave this way. You clearly are not a disciple. You clearly have messed up. God probably doesn't even want you around. That voice is going to be so loud in your head. In those moments, remember, that is not who you are. Your identity is in Christ. That is who you are. Cling to God. Cling to his word. Cling to the people in the church who are absolutely rooting for you and supporting you. And you will get through it. And that's going to be key. Amen? Amen. That goes for all of you, too. All right? They needed to hear that for a very specific reason. But that goes for all of us. Right? We are not defined by the mistakes we've made in our lives. We are not defined by the sin that we commit. The people that we've hurt doesn't define who we are. Being chosen means you've accepted an identity in Christ. You are God's son you are God's daughter. Let's look over in Galatians chapter 4. In Galatians chapter 4, starting at verse 4, it says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us 
who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of the Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now we are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And over in 1 Peter chapter 1. Starting verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You're being guarded by God's power through the faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We are children of God. That means we are a part of that family, and it says we are also heirs, and therefore we have a promised inheritance. Now, we may, be, we may still bear scars, right? They did say we are all slaves to sin, and that will absolutely leave scars. But we are no longer slaves to those desires of the world. And, you know, Peter says here that um, we are refined because of the trials, because of the challenges, whether they're self-inflicted or not. We are refined by overcoming those things, um, and, got, and, and that shows our genuine faith. And so this leads me to my second part of, of being chosen. Being chosen means then that we are God's mirror in our, um, to the world around us. It means that I have a chance to reflect him and who he is, not only to the people outside of our church, but also to the people inside the church as well. It is a very holistic thing. It is not just an outreach uh, part of being chosen. And so I don't know what you guys have been through today. I don't know what your challenges are as you walked in the, the, the room today. You may be in your own crisis of faith, or you may be doing great. I don't know. You're somewhere in that spectrum, okay? But what's amazing about, about when we embrace the identity of who we are and being chosen, we get to do something that's very special. Is we get to show that through Christ you can overcome those things, whatever they are, however painful they are. However traumatic they can be, you can overcome them because of Christ. And what makes that so important is that makes your message crucial for other people to hear. Amen. That your journey of being chosen means that you have a very special thing that no one else does because you've overcome something that maybe other people have not. 
And so you get to have an opportunity to reflect Jesus in a way that no one else can because of what you've endured. There may be people in the church that need to hear your story because they're going through it. I guarantee there's people in the world that are going through a similar situation, and you have an opportunity to show them hope because you have endured because of Jesus. Let's go look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Starting in verse uh, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So when we embrace the, the, the identity of being chosen, right? This is we're a brand new creation. Again, that doesn't mean that sin goes away. It doesn't mean that the, that the world stops hurting us or that we don't stop hurting other people with our actions. But we are something new. And what comes with that, though, is a responsibility. It says that we've been given a message of reconciliation. That everything that we do in our life has got to be a reflection of who God is. God is a reconciler. Since the fall in Genesis, God has been actively working to reconcile creation back to himself. That's who he is. So therefore, that's who we are to reflect. We are to reflect a God who reconciles people back. That also means for people in the church. Like a lot of times we can look at the scripture and think, okay, that means outside the church we need to be ambassadors. Yeah, that is a part of that, but that's not who Paul's actually talking to. He's not in the marketplace sharing, be reconciled to God. No, he's talking to the church in Corinth. You be reconciled to God. That means in your relationships in the church, be reconciled to God. Relationships are messy, and we mess them up really well. Right? We hurt each other, hopefully not on purpose, but maybe, depending on the situation. But we, in our selfishness and in our own um, situation that we're in, too many times we can go into a relationship and we bring that baggage with us. And that's what we reflect. Or maybe we're reflecting our own expectations, like, you're going to be my friend, but on these terms because this is what I need right now. And we can present that, and maybe that's what we're reflecting. But what Paul's saying is, no, you are to reflect and be an ambassador of God. You are to be a reconciler in your relationships. That means if you have hurt relationships, be reconciled to God. That means if you're helping disciple someone and love someone, be reconciled to God. That means in your relationships, the the foundation of those have got to be reconciliation and unity. Period. Your own feelings, your own hurts, those are important and they need to be addressed, but that is not the most important thing in your relationships. It's reconciliation and unity above all else. And I like the example of 
that he gives you of being an ambassador, right? If you're, if you're an ambassador of, let's say, this country, and you go to another country, it's your job to represent yourself the way you talk, the way you act, the way you dress. Everything is to represent the best parts of our country, right? Yeah. right? And, um, you know, in the same way, that's what we're supposed to do. Right. We are supposed to walk and talk and be God to the best of our ability to those around us, whether in the church or outside the church. You know, and, and sometimes that ambassadorship means we get to go to a really cushy place like Sweden or, I don't know, pick a country you like. <laughs> and you get to be an ambassador there, and it's great, and it's, man, it's so easy. You know, people like me, and it's, things are going great, and my relationships are great, and things are wonderful. It's easy to reflect God then. It's easy to be an ambassador for Christ then, right? What about when you're an ambassador to, say, I don't know, Pakistan or... Kabul or some place where you're hated, right. where they do not like Americans, right. and they do not like the ideals you present, you're going to be in those situations in life too. Right. You're going to be in situations that are hard, where people may not like you, where you uh, are trying to speak the truth and it's just hitting a brick wall. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, you are still an ambassador for Christ. You are still called to reflect a God of reconciliation. That in those tough times that you hold to your identity of saying, I am God's son, I am God's daughter, and I am going to do everything in my power to reconcile what I can. And I'm going to reflect that to the world around me. Right? So that means despite my hurts. That means despite my selfish ambition and the things that I want to see happen in my life or in the church or in other people's lives, that doesn't matter because that's not what I'm called to be. And that's not what I'm called to reflect. And even in those times where I feel like God's forgotten me. God, where are you? This is way too hard. I should not be here. I'm a disciple, for crying out loud. Why am I stuck in this terrible situation? We're still called to reflect a God of reconciliation because he is there. So what does it then mean to be chosen? Well, it doesn't mean you get a ticket out of here, right? You still have to live your life. You still have to endure uh, the world and and whatever state it's in. You have to deal with each other. Um, And like I said, we're all a mess, but we have to figure out how to deal with each other and be reconciled with each other. It means understanding that being chosen means you have an identity, and you hold to that. That has got to be your anchor. And then with that, we then get to reflect something beautiful to the world, a message of hope, a message of unity, and message of, hey, we can be unified, and, we, and, and I want to reconcile. I want to help bring this together. Then the other part of that is, is that you being chosen is intentional, as Alex said, because you have such a special story yeah. that your journey is so unique that people need to hear it, right. that you, only you can tell your story. I can't tell Ethan's story. 
I can tell some of it because I was a part of part of it. But I can't tell his story. I can't even tell my wife's story, and I know her pretty well at this point. But she has a very special story, and only she can tell it in a way that is going to connect with somebody who's also going through those same challenges. And that's what being an ambassador is. We have something so special. So when you're feeling hurt and you're feeling torn down and you feel like, no, you have a special story to tell. Don't get bogged down and don't get lost in the pain. You have something so incredible. And so as we begin a transition to communion time together, let's take a, a moment and meditate what is your journey look like at this point? What journey do you want to share and can you share with people? What can you share with people about what it, how special it is to be chosen by God? And what does that mean to you today? Because obviously none of this is possible without Jesus. We aren't chosen without Jesus. We don't get to tell our story because we don't have one without Jesus. We have no chance at reconciling relationships in any way that's healthy without Jesus. And therefore, we cannot help the world without Jesus. And so as we come to the cross this morning, remember that you are chosen by that man hanging on the cross. He chose you to help the world see who he is and to love the world as he did. Amen. Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning grateful for who you are. God, we are grateful for the message that you have shared with us about who you are, and you allow us to see you and have a relationship with you. God, we thank you for Jesus. Without him, we have no, there's no business of us even being in this building right now. God, we thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for your love, that you are willing to do anything to reconcile us to you. And we thank you for, for choosing us to be a part of your message and to be a part of your plan. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.